Welcome to the Emily Hibbard Show. I'm your host, Emily Hibbard. On this podcast, I interview people from different backgrounds, experiences, occupations, cultures, and faith. Today, Dr. Joy Kiervitas is my guest. Joy, welcome to the show. Hi, Emily. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. It's good to have you. So I just want to dive right in. So your big thing is really leading from the middle and influencing those who are around you. How do you get into that? Well, it's interesting in that that's, that is kind of where my research has gone. Uh, my dissertation started there and then what I've been writing about, about and um, my conversations and workshops and things, that's what I lead. Primarily, probably because I've been in these middle management positions most of my life. I've always been the assistant principal or the manager or the director. And I've kind of looked at myself, I'm a really, really good number two. Kind of never really necessarily had that desire or that goal of number one. Um, And I think that a lot of people, we feel sometimes that you get in those positions and you're just stuck. And... With the pandemic of 2020, I think a lot of people, myself included, started reflecting on our work and our world and um, the balance of what that looks like. And it just really made my my research kind of take on a new meaning for me and maybe even a little different in looking at instead of just how do we look at leadership development as a way to move forward and a way to get moved to the top. Maybe we should be looking at instead of all that striving, how do we thrive where we are? And that's kind of where I've been landing in my conversations over the last uh, probably year and a half or so. I know that each, you know, each position, let's say the number one has a certain amount of exposure or pressures, the same as the number two, right? Number two guy or gal knows what's really going on behind the scenes, knows the type of support that the number one guy needs. What, uh, what does that role that you, like you're describing, like assistant principal, what kind of pressures does uh, that number two person really have to deal with? Uh, great question. I think what the number two person really has actually more of the pressure than the guy in the top. I mean, the buck stops there with the final decisions in a lot of places, but a lot of final decisions uh, rest with on the shoulders of those other people. But people who are in middle management, you actually feel that squeeze because you have responsibilities and leadership to people all around you, those above you, obviously, who you're answering to, those who are looking to you for leadership and are following you know, your decisions and your directions and how are you interpreting where the directions and the goals. And then also those that in horizontally who are in other uh, departments who are looking to your leadership in what you're doing so they can know what, what's next for them. So I feel that often those people in those middle roles feel kind of the squeeze and they feel their um, they have pressure from all sides. And often people don't understand that. They don't, in other roles, you understand kind of what your responsibilities are, but you don't understand how those people in those middle-level, mid-level leadership roles, what their responsibilities are and how they might uh, have influence in a lot of different areas. What draws you to that number two position? Do you think it's more who you are, or is there something about that sphere, that world that, that pulls you in? Um, kind of a little of both. I think, you know, I never really examined it until more recently when we all had a little time to think about it. I am an Enneagram three, which I don't know if you're into the Enneagram, but that's the achiever. And so I am one who gets things done and likes to cross things off the list and keep going and keep moving and striving. So that's, that's why this 
learning to slow down has been a good year for me. But I think the idea that really drives me is the idea that you have such influence and such impact in so many areas. If you're a CEO or the uh, president of an organization, yes, you're the guy out in front uh, or girl, and you're that person, and your influence can be more global even. But when you're the next level, you get to, you're in touch with your impact more often. You get to actually see that influence. You see the changes that are happening within the corporation, within the people. I'm a people person. I value the way um, leaders get a chance to guide those who they're around. And you really get to see that impact more personally and really get to feel it. And I think um, that's what I've actually probably enjoyed most. I've had some of those other roles where you're in, you know, I've been the principal, I've been the, but you do feel, and even in the role I'm in now um, at a university, one of it's, you, you feel like you have to, st you, you don't get to see it so much. You know, when you're in that role where you're actually touching and seeing and talking and relating to the people, you actually get to really experience your, your influence. Yeah. So if I, if I zoom out a little bit and I kind of look at the last, I don't know, let's say, you know, 10 or 15 years of what I'm, what I know of your career. So you were in law for a while and then you transitioned into education and coming up, you're transitioning into coaching and consulting, which to me, it feels like you're going, you're getting more and more personal with each step. Mm -hmm. Kind of like you're talking about that number two is you're, you're engaged more often. Where, where do you think that's coming from for you? Um, I think it's a natural progression, actually. Um, I've, as I've looked over my career, I am a, a starter. One of the things I've, you know, I, I was in law and somebody said, hey, can you come over to our, this little school over here? We don't know how to get our kids to college. And I said, okay, I'll come do that. And I, be, I set up a whole academic advising um, department and did all of that. Then, you know, I did that for a while. And somebody says, can you come up over here? We're another new school and we need to... Um, be, get accredited and we want to grow our high school and said okay I can do that and I moved to Idaho and do a few of those things for for a while and then even in my role now at Azusa Pacific University it became this we need somebody in this role to bring our, our department together we don't really know how to do it we know we need somebody to set up systems and processes and bring and lead our people so, okay that sounds like a challenge so that's been kind of my career not intentionally, but as I reflect, I'm in those roles quite often. What I've learned is that I enjoy the challenge of working with the people and bringing people together and kind of setting those goals. All of that is, can be done in a coaching method too, individually. I'm getting, I've done a lot of the uh, workshops and conference circuit. I've led a lot of trainings and uh, leadership development classes. I teach, as we know, so I have you know students in class. But quite frankly, after 2020, a lot of that shut down. And we, But I was still getting the questions. I'm still getting the questions from people asking, how do I know what the next thing is? How do I know when I let go? How do I know when it's time to move on? How do I know how to uh, network? You know, basic questions. And so I was still getting the questions from people without the necessary, the big forum to address that. And that's where Caravitas coaching and consulting, kind of the idea for that is uh, people still want to know. And so this gives me even a closer impact to work one-on-one -on -one with individuals in that type of a setting to give them tips, tricks, and tools to actually guide them. Coaching says so much 
it's not, I'm not saying do this, do that. It's not prescriptive. It's actually working with people, as you know this, um, to coach them along the way so they can kind of guide their own, their own future and just really kind of help them kind of direct their own path. Um, consulting, I, can do, I do the same thing with teams, and that's really born out of my workshops and sort of the leadership development uh, classes and the courses I would run at various conferences. When you're, I don't know, when you're, when you're working with individuals, when you're having these conversations, what are, what are some common themes that, that you're hearing from people? What's, what's in their hearts? What, what kind of questions are they asking? You know, it's changed over the last couple of years. I used to hear um, the questions were always, what do I need to do to get to the next level? What are, what are the leadership development uh, skills I need? How do I become a better communicator? How can I... Um, network better. How do I get to know? How do I get to know the boss? But, you know, those types of questions. Um, it's changed a little bit now over the last uh, eighteen months or so. That I'm, you know, we've heard of the Great Resignation. People want something else now. They're looking at. I want to be in a place that's valued, where my work is valued, my um, contributions are valued, where I feel I'm providing a value to the organization and to the world. And so the questions now are becoming a little bit more, um, how do I know if I'm in the right space? How can I tell if this is the best fit for me? Um, so they're not as specific as tell me the next tool, but it's really become a little bit more introspective, um, which is kind of fun, actually. It you know, helps, uh, helps us all along that journey a little bit. Yeah, it's layered. Like, what's a big what? What's something that stands out? So, say if I if I was a client and I'm not sure if I'm in the right uh, if I'm at the right job, what's something that you would ask me that I could ask myself to help me determine if I'm in the right place or not? Um, I do a couple of tools that I use, and I do one at the. This is actually a perfect timing. We're recording this in December, toward the end of the year, and one of the tools I use at the beginning of every year. Um, I go through an inventory, uh, personal, professional, and spiritual, kind of what are our next steps. And we always will say, oh, I'm going to set this goal, that goal, and it never happens. Um, but I, wanna, I just look at next steps. So what I tell people is when they want to say, how do I know if I'm in the right place? How do I know if this is the best pace, place for me? I said, well, you have to answer your own question. I kind of turn that, turn that around a little bit and ask yourself the question, what does... What does fit look like for you? What is your, your dream? What is the next step? And then we start looking deeper. Can you get that here? Is this, and if not, what is, what is holding that back? Hmm. Um, one of the other questions I like to look at is, and I think this isn't directly responding to your question, but I think it's a big, important piece of the puzzle, is... You have to accept your own reality. You don't have to like it. You don't have to stay there. But before you can change it, you have to accept that this is the reality. This is the reality of my position now and what it looks like. So we'll, we'll dive into that and really kind of unwrap that a lot of times in a coaching setting. Um, who was your boss? Is your boss going to support you and move you forward or not? It, are there positions that you would enjoy moving forward to or not? Um, but what do you accept? You, if you don't start from reality, if you don't start from a good baseline, it's hard to know where that next place, those next steps are. And that's difficult because sometimes we don't like the, 
the place we were in mm. and it didn't live up to the dreams you thought it was going to be, you know, so that can be a tough call for some. Yeah. It, it feels even just listening and we're not even doing this for real, but even just listening to that, it feels listening to you. It feels really personal mm-hmm. kind of right. Like we're, we're taking off any facades that we might have built and to deal with the reality, the truth of, Hey, this job didn't go this way, or I didn't perform how I thought I would perform, or I had my sight set on something and you know, what? I really dropped the ball. It didn't work out how I thought that's, that's really, that's, that's a big one. It that's is a big, a, big one. a big thing to swallow. So if you're in a coaching session, I could see how dealing with the reality of it, good, bad, indifferent, mm-hmm. disappointment, whatever it is, is, you know, kind of step number one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's a hard one, you know, and that's, that's why I enjoy the coaching session because they're one-on-ones. They're ones and you get to have a conversation and that's not where we start in the first session. <laughs> you know, that's not where we say, Hey, tell us all your problems and what you like about this and don't like, you know, but we, that. You know, you have to peel away layers, and, and it gets to be a little difficult. I've had to do that myself. You know, we've all, you know, what are the, what is the vision? What is the goal? And, you know, is, is that reality, or does it look a little different? And, and I think before we can take those steps, you have to look at that. But then, you know what, it's exciting. Because when you strip away what your own facade, to use your word, or maybe even just your own preconceived notions of what this was supposed to look like, you open up a whole other uh, path of different opportunities. And, yeah. And, and sometimes and we options. need someone to help us do that, yeah. right? Because yeah. we're, we're either trying to self-protect or self-preserve or something. So to have someone come along side us that can really support us, but maybe go those deeper levels yeah. that we might naturally go, not go to on our own. Yeah. yeah. You have to change the self-talk and our self-talk can be real negative or it can be real positive that, Hey, this is awesome. And everything we're doing is great. And maybe it isn't, or it can be that it's, it really is awful. So having somebody to just come along and talk with you and they just kind of walk along the journey. That's what I'm, as I coach, that's why I say it's really not a prescriptive. It's not saying, okay, go do this and then go do that. You know, hit these three you know, get these three degrees and, and then, um, you're going to, everything's going to work out and, and, you know, meet these people. But it's really just kind of developing your own journey, developing your own journey and, and kind of walking alongside with you. That's exciting. It is exciting. exciting. Um, can I tell you a story? Yeah, please. That kind of just led this to me. It's, you know, leaders have to be vulnerable. So this is actually really personal, (laughs) but, uh, um, when I got my doctorate, that was kind of, well, before that, back in, I want to say 2010, I um, was sitting at my daughter's graduation. She was getting her master's degree. And before they did the master's level, they do all the doctor's hoodings and they did all of this. And I was just enamored. And I know my, my husband, he leans over and goes, you want that, don't you? <laughs> and I was like, I really do. I really do. Even then, it took me a while to kind of get, be in the space where I could do that. And, but it had been a dream. So when I got my doctorate, I thought all the doors and windows were going to go wide open and everybody was going to be so excited to invite me into this whole new level of, you know, awesomeness. It really didn't happen that way. <laughs> so it's, you know, I found out that, oh, yeah, I had the ceremony. I got a degree, did a lot, a lot of hard work and research that I enjoyed. And then I was still here for a little while. <laughs> and then people start saying, yeah, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, it doesn't mm. really happen. And, and so I had to kind of work through this coaching process and coach myself 
And that's mm-hmm. what that story is. Because I had to, so really what was I, expect, what are those expectations? And kind of settle on those. And now I'm doing things that I absolutely love. And it wasn't necessarily the journey I kind of thought, but I love who I am and working with people and doing the coaching is so much better than what I thought I was going to do is sit in an office and do research and just tell everybody what to do in books and things like that. And so it's just been a, a, a good journey. And so I think it's, you know, we have to be open to those, even be willing to take those layers off. Yeah. When you were talking, I kind of was seeing this picture of, of a river and how rivers make these make their own pathways and they kind of find their own ways in, in the beauty in that, in the, the beauty in something that isn't forced, the beauty in something that isn't, it's not built to go a certain way. It kind of finds its own way. And as you were talking about your journey, I just picked, I just see this, this river mm-hmm. that's finding its own journey and the beauty that comes with that. I love, I love that. I love that metaphor. I'm going to extend it just a hair. Um, when that river is flowing, sometimes it has to carve it out a little bit though. And sometimes it has to kind of push through that dirt and that soil to make a new path. Sometimes, it, and that's not always easy. Sometimes you need a lot more water flowing, and and so I think that's what we can do is to just you know help push that water along the way, so we can kind of find out what that journey. But you have to be open. Yeah. And that's a scary thing. That's another. You know, you have to be open to willing to take the risks, willing to t- step forward, willing to put yourself out there, and um, willing to look inside. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if someone has been listening to our conversation today and is thinking, I need Dr. Joy Caravitas <laughs> to coach me down my river, where can they go and find more information about you? Well, thank you. I do have a website, drcaravitas.com. That's uh, K-A-R-A-V-E-D-A-S. I hope you'll put it in the show notes because it's hard to spell. But drcaravitas.com, there is a place right there that you, there's a form you can fill out and I will get in touch with you. I do coaching sessions virtually right now, primarily, but I am in the Southern California area. So I'm open to as things get a little different and that I'm open to doing one-on-ones that way as well. I do team coaching a lot for, or consulting a lot uh, for organizations at all levels. Um, with the, a lot of it is team oriented, but I could do that with leadership uh, teams as well. But drcaravitas.com, that's where you're going to find me. I also am on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. That, uh, so all of, the, all of the places, but it's all at Dr. Caravitas. Okay, easy peasy. Well, thanks so much for taking a little bit of time out of your schedule and talking with me today. I appreciate it. Great. It was fun. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Well, this concludes another episode of The Emily Hibbard Show. Connect with me on Instagram at Emily Hibbard. That's at E-M-I-L-Y-H-I-B-A-R-D. And I hope to see you in the next episode.